Shalom, and welcome to Kehilat Rosh Pina, a dynamic, multicultural, and growing Messianic Jewish congregation located in the heart of Oklahoma City and led by Rabbi Michael Weigand. Our goal is to bring you the message of the Word each week from a Jewish perspective and to exalt the Messiah Yeshua as Lord and Savior overall. We are a loving congregation made up of both Jew and Gentile, now one in the Messiah, with Shabbat morning services at 10.40 a.m. and various studies throughout the week. Please come and join us next time you are in Oklahoma City. We would love to have you. And now, we hope you enjoyed today's message. Now, there are many things that Yeshua said. If I ask you to think of something that Yeshua said that comes to your mind at this time, then we'd probably be all over the place in the Bessarot, in the Gospels, remembering various things. But I want to remind you of something Yeshua said. He said, I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. I have come that you might have life and have it, have life more abundantly. This statement is, I think, a, a strong statement. And it involves the idea of giving to us abundant life and how do we define abundant life. If we define it simply uh, using material things, we probably are missing greatly the mark of what he was talking about. If we define our life by the abundance of things that we have, we're, 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 off, we're off pace there. Um, we're, we're missing really the essence of what I, th I think he was saying. And each autumn as we enter this season, right now we're heading towards Sukkot, as Kevin mentioned. We go forward in this season. It's a time of celebration. It was a time of fasting. It's a time of anticipation. We're alerted, warned about uh, of things by the shofar blast that we hear. And as we come into this synagogue and perhaps in our private homes, our private devotional lives, we are also in a, in a state of contemplation, thinking, wondering. Overall, I believe the Lord wants us to have a deepened personal relationship with him. How many agree with that? He wants us to have a deepened personal relationship, uh, something Christopher mentioned as we began, not only with him, but through him with our fellow human beings as much as it's possible. And during this season, there were several prayers that we prayed uh, in our Maksar, from the Maksar, several prayers that we prayed that involved doing the Lord's will and desiring to do the Lord's will, which is a very high aspiration and a critical one for us as believers. But when you think about um, gatherings and commemorations in this season and Yeshua's promise of an abundant life, I've come to give you, I come that you might have an abundant life. When we think about that, we may wonder how is that defined? What does that look like? Or what could that look like? And again, to reiterate this, because I think it's important in a society like the, the West or the United States, if we just think in terms of physical, material, we're missing something. Now, the Lord continually encourages us through his word, 
by his ruach, through our fellowship, godly fellowship with one another, continually encourages us that we, we might uh, desire and grow in our service to him, that we would be his, his people, that we would be uh, his blood-bought people, his covenant people, his brit his new covenant people. That's what he desires for us. And although there are some things that we have emphasized during this season and we continue to emphasize during the season, what I want to speak to us about today or present to you for your consideration is that Yeshua commands us to do certain things regardless of whatever season we're in. And although we may get hints of those or even reflections on certain things, and I'll explain myself more in just a moment, from our liturgy that we just uh, chanted and said and sang uh, for uh, Yom Tuvah Rosh Hashanah, for Yom Kippur, and now into Sukkot, there's more to this, and he seems to call us to something even more than maybe we realize. For example, we're encouraged during this season to forgive. Some of you were here for our uh, Yom Kippur Brit uh, Chadashah, New Covenant Confessional time, where we, we repeated this statement, for the sins we have committed, for the sins we have committed. And we're encouraged, therefore, afterwards to forgive those who've sinned against us, just as the Lord said in his, his, uh, the Apostles' Prayer. But there's no seasonal limit on extending forgiveness to others. We may have emphasized it during this season, and rightfully so, but actually, Yeshua, there's no seasonal limit on extending forgiveness to others. Doing so is not just relegated to the 10 days of awe, but actually the 365, sometimes 366 days of the year. Yeshua said this in Matthew, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, because the idea of forgiveness was an issue that the apostles wondered about. Then Kepha, then Peter, came to Yeshua and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? How often? And then Peter, Kepha, and this has been much uh, spoken about over the millennia, then, then Kepha offers what he thinks may be a good possibility up to seven times. I mean, after all, that is an extension of forgiveness. If you extend forgiveness to a certain person seven times, that, how many of you say that's a generous extension of forgiveness? And we don't know how Kepha's face looked when he said up to seven times like he had really had a home run with his statement. Yeshua said to him, verse 22 of Matthew 18, after Kepha says, up to seven times, Yeshua said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Here, Yeshua extends this important principle well beyond just one season to all seasons, because Yeshua is for all seasons. All seasons of life from, as we determine it here, January to December 31st, January 1 to December. All seasons, this is good. 70 times 7 is this idea of ongoing forgiveness. And how many of you have learned that if you will walk in ongoing forgiveness, you will be healthier spiritually? 
In fact, I would encourage you, even after our, our Alhet confessional that we have done here, some of you were here for that, that if you're here today and you're holding unforgiveness in your heart, you're decreasing the level of abundant life in Messiah that you have. You're decreasing it. He desires more for you than to be bound up by unforgiveness and the lack of extending forgiveness to others. Well, during this season, if you listen carefully, we're encouraged, and I just alluded to it, we're encouraged to get things right with others if we have an issue, if at all possible, to get things right with them. And I know in the Jewish community, we emphasize this 10 days of awe, and really the month of Elul as well. But truth be told, we should get things right with, through all seasons. We should be getting things right with people. Whether it's the 10 days of awe or the month of Elul or Adar or any of Nisan, whichever, Pesach, we should be getting things right. And this is what Yeshua said, because Yeshua put no seasonal limit on getting things right with others. We don't have to wait till Yom Kippur, or this 10 days of awe, to get things right with others. It's as if Yeshua in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and verse 24 said, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and that's a good thing. And there, remember that your brother has something against you. What does Yeshua say? It's really monumental. Doing something as spiritual as bringing your gift to the altar and presenting it to the Lord, the Mizbeach of the Lord. And there you remember your brother something against you. You're in the process of doing this great spiritual thing. He says to them, and he says to us, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Getting reconciled with our brother or sister, that maybe we have something going on. And the scripture further says, and Rav Shul writes, he says, as much as it is possible, so much as it depends upon you, live at peace with all people. He says, Yeshua, first be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer that gift. We're also encouraged in the Torah. We're encouraged, and also in the liturgy, some of which we just passed through if you were here for the services, we're encouraged to bring a special offering during this time. The point of reference, and it was part of the liturgy, it's actually from the Tanakh, is Devarim, Deuteronomy chapter 16, verses 16 to 17. It says, three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God, in the place which he chooses. And then it mentions these three seasons, these three times of the year. At the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Chakamatzot, at Pesach time. At the Feast of Weeks, Shavuot, in late spring. And then at this time of the year, at the Feast of Tabernacles, Hagasukot. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. Yeshua extends this. And, you know, the seasonal part is correct. That's what the Torah says. 
But he talked much about generosity and having what the Hebrew language, uh, the Hebraisms express, having a good eye. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, he doesn't put a seasonal tie onto this. He brings it more abundant. He brings life more abundant. He brings the truth of the Torah in full fullness. That comes through Yeshua. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. And then there's this, and it seems to me it echoes what we read in Devarim chapter 16. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Again, I believe Yeshua calls us to abundant life in these areas, to be expansive in our understanding, whether it's about forgiveness, regardless of what it's about, that we be expansive because by the power of His Holy Spirit working in our lives, we can live a more abundant and fulfilling life. All this coincides with the teaching of the Torah. All these coincide, these ideas coincide with the biblical calendar, God's calendar, if you will. We're also encouraged in this season, if you listen carefully to the scriptures that were read during this, these 10 days of law and as we head to Sukkot, we're encouraged in this season to love God. We're encouraged to love God with all our being, with our strength, and we're also encouraged, and I love the fact that we do this every Shabbat here, we're encouraged to love our neighbor as ourselves. To me, that's a very high call. <laughs> But Yeshua put no seasonal limit on this. Like we only do that on Shabbat or we only do that on Yom Kippur or only do that on any other of the seasonal days. He put no limit on such godly love, godlike love. In Luke chapter 6, again, just before the passage we just read about giving, in Luke 6 verse 27, it says, But I say to you who hear, and boy, there's the key. I say to you who hear, you get this. I'm saying this to you. Love your <laughs> friends. That's a given. We're to love our family. We're to love our parents. We're to love our, our friends. But he says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Now, probably when he said this, a pin could have been heard as it was dropped. Because in first century Israel, all around the Jewish community at that time were, were Roman soldiers who had a tendency to lord it over, abuse, be abusive, take advantage of and to be viewed by the populace, by a good section of the populace, as, frankly, as dire enemies, severe enemies. Abundant life, will we live abundant life? We come to a different place. Will you live abundant life? But I say to you here, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. We are told also at this time of the year to be faithful in representing the Lord in our community. 
part of the reason we have a sukkah outside is to represent him to this community. Some of you will have sukkot or sukkahs at your house. And you'll be, to your neighbors can see that sukkah. And they may wonder, what is that thing? Or don't you know how to build? Or did you have trouble in your gardening this year? Or, you know, a whole bunch of other things. But we are called to be faithful representing the Lord in our lives, in our everyday lives, and representing him before other people. Yeshua put no seasonal limit on being a faithful representative of him and his truth. No seasonal limit. That is January to December. That's from Tishri to the end of the year to end of Elul. In Luke chapter 9, verse 26, he said, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, no seasonal time, <laughs> of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. We're also prompted at this time, and it's very easy for us in, in our area here, uh, and also in the United States, we're prompted at this time of the year to be mindful of the autumn harvest. Some of us who grew up in the north. How many grew up up, up north? All right. Chavarim. Shalom, Chavarim. <laughs> but those of us who grew up north, we recognize that at this time of the year, the apples are ready to be harvested, and, and other things are ready to be harvested. And, and each locale has their own particular product that's ready to be harvested at this time. Why? Because choref, because winter is coming. And up north, it can come with a blast. And it seems like around here lately, it's been coming with blasts too, called ice storms and stuff like that. But we're told to be mindful of the harvest, but Yeshua put no seasonal limit on this. This idea of being mindful of the harvest is not just a seasonal thing. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, he said, when Yeshua saw the multitudes, guess what? He was moved with compassion, not judgmentalism, not disdain, nothing like that. He saw the multitudes, and I promise you, they weren't all dressed in ties and suits. And they all didn't look pretty. He saw them. He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary, weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his Talmudim, you get the impression he was wondering what they were seeing. This is what he was seeing. He was seeing a, a group of people that were needy and needing a shepherd and were weary and were scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And then he says to his Talmudim, his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. This is not, not just about the autumn harvest or the summer harvest or the spring harvest or the winter harvest. This is about harvest in general. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. We're also encouraged at times, particularly at this time of year, we're encouraged to daven or to offer up our prayers, and to do so with kavanah, with intention, with uh, intent of heart, with focus, with purpose, to do so like that. So then we pray. We just don't pray prayers rotely 
or mindlessly, but we pray prayers, and, and I pray that's what happens here uh, during our liturgy, as Carl did an excellent job today, causing that to happen, to helping us to focus on what we're praying. But we don't only just pray at this time of the year. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Yeshua seemed to put no seasonal limit on praying. Luke 18, verse 1, then Yeshua spoke a parable to them, and this is one of the parables. We won't go into it. You're welcome to read it yourself. This is one of the parables where he, it's actually told why he said the parable. There are other parables Yeshua states that we're not told much about them. They're just there for us to learn, and we look to the Ruach, to the Spirit, so that we can get, we can gain the insight. But in this parable... Luke 18, verse 1, it's uniquely introduced in the very beginning before the parables even said what the parable's all about. Then Yeshua spoke a parable to them that men always, which seasons? Always. Not just Yom Kippur, not just Yom Teruah, not just Pesach, not just Shavuot, but men always, as he said, ought to pray, and then there's this added thing. Pray and not lose heart. Because once we lose heart, that begins the death of prayer in our life. To lose heart, another way to say that is we become discouraged. And for some, that means just uh, falling to the wayside of having a, an abundant life of prayer. And at this season, we recall victories over fearsome enemies, the people of God. We read this section of the Torah as we finish the parashayot, the portions. There are verses that remind us of, of Og and Sihon, enemies of Israel as they wander through the wilderness, people that they battled with, kings that they had issues with. We're reminded and we recall victories over fearsome enemies of the people of God. But Yeshua put no seasonal limit on having the right focus and priority in our life and recognizing victory that he gives to us. In Luke chapter 12, verse 4 and 5, and I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. Sichon, Og, different rulers, kings who came against Israel desired to destroy Israel. But Yeshua takes this farther. He said, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. And then there's this powerful statement in verse 5 of Luke 12. But I will show you whom you should fear. I'll show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. And at this season, we also consider the important role of the high priest. Much of the liturgy evolves around the, the Torah readings uh, uh, from Leviticus 16 that we read on Yom Kippur. What we read in the book of Messianic Jews, Hebrew, reminds us of the critical role, the important role that the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, played in the daily rites and lives of ancient Israel, particularly at the time of the Beit HaMikdash, the temple. And the, play, the key role that the high priest played in, in the issue of atonement and, and offering up sacrifice. But in Yeshua, 
There is no seasonal limit or any limit at all upon his work of atonement. It's just not relegated to Yom Kippur. John chapter 8, verse 23, reminds us of how important it is that the blood of atonement provided by Yeshua willingly for us is personally applied to our lives through faith in Messiah. In John 8, verse 23, Yeshua said to them, you are from beneath, I am from above. Man, I would have loved to hear him say this. Can you imagine how he expressed this? This wasn't some figment of his imagination. He left all the glory beyond and came here to a fallen mankind, to people like you and me, and he left it all. He said, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. He gave his life for you. Went through the sufferings for you. He left the glories of heaven to come to this earth. He came at the exact correct time, not one second before or after late or early, at the appropriate time. He came to the exact place as had been prophesied he would, Bethlehem, Bethlehem. And he lived a perfect life, blameless and sinless in all his ways, You are of this world. I am not of this world, he told them. Verse 24 of John 8. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. Notice this, please, because this word still permeates the airwaves of life. You will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am, literally it says I am, I am he is how most translations put it. In my Bible, the he, capital H-E, is in italics. For if you do not believe that I am, listen to this, you will die in your sins. There is no other atonement except through him. Now, the Kohen Gadol at the time of the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, may have gone in on Yom Kippur into that holiest of holy place, but Yeshua ever lives to make intercession for us. There's no seasons on that. It's every day of our lives. And this season, and I'll conclude here. In this season, we look forward to dwelling in the sukkah. Right now, some of your children are out there in the sukkah. If they come back a little grass-stained and muddy with little weeds on them, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. But they're decorating the sukkah outside in preparation for tomorrow evening's Sukkot celebration, which I hope everyone will attend. And at this season, we look forward to dwelling in the sukkah, that temporary hut, that temporary dwelling, that temporary dwelling that reminds of of a greater reality to come. And Yeshua indeed took this further to the more abundant life measure, as he promised. In John chapter 14, beginning with verse 1, Yeshua is speaking to his closest Talmudim, The first thing that's recorded in John 14, verse 1, is a word for you maybe today. Maybe this is the word you need to hear again and be reminded of. The abundant life in Messiah equates to let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Equates to 
Let not your heart be overwhelmed with trouble and place in your eyes your faith, your trust, your belief upon the risen Messiah. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I was talking about a sukkah. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. In other words, it's affirmation of this is what really is. And if it had been any different than this, I would have told you that. In my Father's house, verse 2 of John 14, are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. And then there's this glorious statement, and may it resonate with us today. And as we celebrate Sukkot, God willing, starting tomorrow evening, he says... I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. If we celebrate Sukkot and just look at the physical hut out there, we're missing the abundant life side of this. And his... There are many mansions. There are dwelling places, some translate. There's one prepared for you if you're a believer in him. I don't understand all that. But I know it has something to do with the abundance of mercy and grace and provision God has for us. That will be for all eternity. Because in Yeshua alone is eternal life. You know, it's always in season to honor and glorify the Lord. How many agree with that? It's always in season. 365, 366, seven days a week, 12 months a year, however you want to slice and dice it, as Roy says. But it's always in season to honor and to glorify Messiah Yeshua and to live our lives for him. That's always in season. That's always in season here at Rosh Pina. It's always in season in life. And I want to read to you in conclusion several verses from this week's parasha. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 3 and 4. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, and then there's this, ascribe Godel, ascribe greatness to our God. It says this, he is the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Here at this time, in the reading of Deuteronomy, Moshe is on his last leg, so to say. His final moments, and this is what comes forth from him. I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe Godel, greatness to God. That's what's coming forth from him. That statement, he's the rock, his work is perfect. Is he your rock today? Do you believe that he is perfectly working in your life, blamelessly working in your life, bringing it about so that you will be found blameless, conformed to the image of Messiah Yeshua? That's what he's doing. And all his ways are just. He's a God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright as he. And it reminds me of Psalm 18, beginning with verse 1. In some translation, there's a preamble describing when uh, the, the circumstance of the psalm. But Psalm 18, verse 1, I would ask you to say this with me as I read it. Is this true for you? 
Can you really say that this season? Can you really say what that says up there? Can you really say from your heart, I will love you, O Lord, my strength? Is that your aspiration? If it is, you are heading to the road of abundant life in Messiah. Let's say it together. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. Let's do that again. Let's put a little more into it. If it's true, make it true. State it as truth. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. And verse 2, let's say that together. Let's read it together. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Quite a, quite a confession. You know, if you get to a point where you're feeling down, go to this psalm. Came at a difficult time in David's life. Go to this psalm and make these proclamations towards the heavens. So at this season of the year, as I've been trying to emphasize, and this time really in human history, at this time, I pray we will enter into a more full way of living. Yeshua called it, I believe, abundant life. That will enter deeply into the things of the Lord. That will accept the stretches that he did, the, the moving of the tent post that he did in so many areas whether it be forgiveness, whether it be in loving God, whether it be in generosity, all these things, he extended it, brought fullness to Torah teaching because in him is the fullness of Torah revealed. But he also said this, John chapter 10, verse 9. I am the door, he said. I'm the entryway. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Are you trying to enter into the kingdom through other means apart from Yeshua? He said, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And then there's this. To me, it speaks of abundant life. He will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture, food, sustenance, nourishment, things that strengthen and then we all know verse 10 is true. There's a great spiritual battle going on. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Let's pray. Father, we praise you this day. Thank you for so great a redemption, so expansive. Thank you, Lord, for expanding our hearts, the ten pegs of our hearts that will grow in all these good areas, that we won't shrivel up, but we would be expansive in loving you and loving our neighbor, that we'd be expansive in forgiving We'd be expansive in our generosity and giving. We'd be expansive, O oh Lord, in our prayer life. That we'd be expansive, O oh Lord, in our devotional life. Father, I lift up each person here today during this time as we, 
head towards Sukkot in your calendar. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would be glorified in our lives. We commit the rest of this day to you. We pray over the food for the Onik today and ask that you would bless that food and more importantly, that you would bless the spiritual communication that we have one to another, that there be no strange doctrines talked about or weird things, but you would be glorified, that the name of Yeshua would be honored. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for anyone here at this time who's struggling with a health issue. Pray that you would bring healing to them. Anyone here who's having emotional issues, Lord, you'll help them. Those who are having financial issues, Lord, thank you. You are the great provider. Those that are seeking your guidance, Lord, you said, seek me. You shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You also said to trust in you with all our heart and to not lean on our own understanding. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for touching. Thank you for healing. Thank you for correcting. And thank you for lavishing your peace upon us. In Yeshua's name, amen. You've been listening to the Shabbat message from Rosh Pinah Messianic Jewish Congregation in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We would love to have you visit us. Our weekly services begin at 1040 a.m. each Shabbat. And we are located at 2600 Northwest 55th Place, north of Northwest Expressway at the corner of Northland Avenue and Northwest 55th Place. We meet each Shabbat for wonderful praise and worship with dance, liturgy, teaching, food, fellowship, excellent children's programs, and Bible studies on Tuesday nights. For more information, please visit our website, www.roshpinah.org. That's R-O-S-H-P-I-N-A-H. You can also reach us by phone at 405-842-1967 or email us at info at Thank you for spending time in the Word with us today. Shabbat Shalom and blessings in Messiah Yeshua.